Hey, thanks for tuning in to The Way. This week, we'll hear a message from Pastor Greg Pettigrew. So tonight, bam, ooh, let me get into it. The Way, uh, we, are, we are at The Way service, talking about The Way, trying to learn a new way to do things. We're trying to, to mimic the disciples, and, and this is the second week in the, the series of the disciple that everybody wants to be like. Um, no? No, Judas. <laughs> yeah, no, this ain't. But tonight, well, you know, last week, Brother Andy talked about Judas, talked about the, the issue of pride. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but that hits home with me. Um, and I, pride is something that I deal with on a continual basis. You know, and it's easy when, when you can recognize the pride that you have. Uh, you know, the, the, the main things that we see a lot, but, man, you know, the unrecognized pride is what I think gets me the most. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I've struggled with this off and on for years. I know when I was at recovery, the Lord got on to me one time because I had kind of checked out on my seeking Him because I had done got so prideful. Wasn't even seeing that I was prideful because I was there and I was serving the Lord, right? You know, and uh, I started getting to where, and, and this is the thing. When we come to church, every time we come to church, it's God has a, miss, a message and, and a, a word for you individually. Every single time you come here, you're not coming here just to, just to kill a little bit of time. You're, God brought you here on purpose with purpose, right, to, to give a word to you. Just, even Sunday, Sunday, you know, we're talking about what to do while single. Everybody wasn't single. I ain't single. Praise the Lord, you know. But the word, the message, there was something in it for everybody that was here. You just had to be willing and open and ready to receive that message. And, you know, one of the things that got me with unrecognized pride while I was on staff at Righteous Oaks was that I had done started sitting in the chair and picking out. During the service, I was picking out, this is for Reese Joe, and this is for Sam, and this is for Mr. Rodney. You know what I mean? I hope, I hope he's hearing this. I hope Kim's hearing this message right now because she needs it bad. You know, but that's what I was doing. And, and because I didn't even recognize that I, I had pride because, you know, I'm always the most humble person in the room. Every room I walk in, right? That's, no, that's a joke because that, when you say that, that's pride, you know. We're, we're not. We have to recognize, just like Judas, we're walking around a lot of times and we've got pride all over us. Uh, you know, because Judas, he's one of the 12, man, you know. He's supposed to be walking around and... and uh, following Jesus, and he looks the part. And so tonight, this, this message, his way versus your way, uh, the thing about it is, you know, I said this is a disciple we all, all want to be like, and we don't, right? We want to learn from him because that's why we're doing this whole series is we're learning from each disciple how better to follow Jesus. And we can learn from Judas how better to follow Jesus. But the thing is, is that we look a lot like Judas, a lot of times in our lives, we look a lot like Judas. And so when we look at this disciple, uh, there's a lot, a lot of similarities in here with his life and my life, your life and his life, our way and his way, we can find over and over similarities, you know? And, and so tonight I got some different scriptures that I'm going to read. It's just a couple of scriptures in Matthew 26, uh, 14 through 16, and then Matthew 49. That's going to be the main scriptures tonight. If you would, go ahead and bring that up on the, on the screen. Uh, Matthew 26, 14 through 16. If you have your Bibles, you look at it. If you don't, we're going to have it up here. 
It says, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests, and he said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you, him being Jesus Christ in this moment. And they covenanted it with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. So Judas goes to these chief priests, these, these Pharisees and Sadducees, these men who have been trying to, 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 to trap Jesus, this entire, his whole ministry. They've been trying to mess him up because what he's doing is against what they're doing. You know, he's, he's really showing them for the frauds they are. You know, he's coming in and he's, he's teaching the love of God and he's healing people and he's doing all these different things. Uh, Telling people that the kingdom is for everybody. It's not just for, for you certain select few. The kingdom of God is for everybody and you can have it now, you know. And so they don't agree with that. And so they're trying to trip him up. And Judas, this prideful man who is actually supposed to be one of Jesus's closest friends, closest supporters, following him, going throughout his ministry. He goes to the chief priest and he says, look, what do you give me? What do you give me? to turn him over to you. What do you give me to betray him? You know, and so Judas, this, this, this lifestyle of Judas, you know, we think, hey, he went to somebody and asked, what will you give me to betray him? But how often have I betrayed him? Not going and asking somebody to give me 30 pieces of silver, but I'm getting something out of my betrayal. You know, and, and the thing is, Judas looked apart, right? He's a follower. He's a disciple. He looked apart. And so many times we looked apart we come to church Sunday morning and we raise our hands and we, we listen to the preacher, but then we walk out and we betray him with our lives. You know, we're, 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 we're doing this thing where we're betraying him. It may not be for 30 pieces of silver. It may be for a bag of dope. You know, it may be for a, a, a shot in the arm. It may be for a, 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 a moment of pleasure with someone of the opposite sex. It, it, it may be for so many different things. It may be just the words you're speaking around the water cooler at work. You know, you're here on Sunday and you're praising the Lord and talking about how good he is and then you go to work and you're talking about everything but Jesus. And so our lives look so much similar to Judas in that we betray him constantly. You know, even though we're supposed to be followers of Jesus. We're supposed to be setting an example. We're supposed to be the ones who are out there living like Jesus, you know, loving like Jesus, talking like Jesus, being like Jesus. But instead, time after time, we find ourselves being like Judas. And then verse 49 says that this is where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus actually comes in and he had told the, the, the soldiers with him that the man that I kissed, that's the one. That's the one that I'm handing over to you. That's the one that I'm betraying. And it said, forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him and kissed him. He, that, that kiss, you know, that's a, uh, in that thing, you know, that, that's an intimate thing. That's something you shared between people who care about each other. You know, but <laughs> in this moment, it is just the opposite. It's the thing that marks Jesus as this, this is the guy. This is the one for y'all to arrest. This is the one for y'all to take. This is the one that I'm handing over to you. This man who's done nothing but good, this man who is, tried to get me out of this life and show me a new way. And in this moment, you know, for this line of dope, for this moment of pleasure, for this bottle of whiskey, for this whatever your kiss is, we're turning him over, handing him over. And, this is, and you see how, 
how much your life looks like Judas. We're consumed with pride. We're constantly becoming betrayers. We're living this life where we're supposed to be following Jesus and, 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 and being like Jesus, but there's so many similarities. When I look at Judas, I see myself so often. You know, uh, definitely my past, definitely the years that I was in my addiction. And, uh, you know, y'all y'all know me. Y'all know I, I grew up in church. I, I was in church every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night. Even in my addiction, I was in church a lot of times. I can't count the number of times that I sat through a church service nodding out because I was so high. You know, I, I, I can't remember how many times that I was this this guy right here, you know, that I was in there and, and praising Jesus and, 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 and trying to be like Jesus in front of people. But then when I would get away, it was just the opposite. It was the betrayer shining through. You know, it was the Judas in me coming out. And so I see so many similarities in my life. And in your lives and in the life of Judas. And that's why when we look at his way and our way, man, it's sometimes it's hard to separate them. And so tonight, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out all of these things because we've got to get to the place because we're trying to learn, right? We're trying to learn how to be different. We're trying to learn how not to, to be this guy. Because we can learn even from the wrong we learn from it. We grow from it. We move forward from it. And so we, we can see that, that if my way is looking like Jesus, hey, and it does, you know, your way, my way looks so much like his way until we get off of that way and get on to the way. And that's what we're trying to do tonight. We're trying to stop my way from looking like his way. I got to get off of that way and start following the way. That's what this is all about. So when we recognize that we have similarities to Judas and that we're close in, 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 in the way that we live is, is a lot like him and, and I, I see so much of him in me and the things that I do, then I need the similarities to begin to lead to some differences. That, that's, that's the way that we change is we recognize the similarities and we allow them to move, to lead us towards some differences. We can't stay the way that we are. That's what, you know, uh, I, the Lord put that on my heart uh, uh, a few series ago, that, that thing about, you know, God did not save us and raise us to newness of life just so that we can be an eternally secure version of who we've always been. That's not what this is about. God did not save us so that we could be, hey, I'm good. I can keep living the way that I'm living. I can keep living like Judas. I can keep being like Judas. I can keep betraying like Judas. I, I, I've got eternal security now. I, that's all I need. I ain't got to change. No, Jesus Christ saved you to change you. He saved you to set you free, to give you a better way. And so we're going to learn tonight from Judas what that looks like, you know, how we, we look similar to him, but how we can get away from these similarities and start living out and in some differences, living out some differences and living in those differences. In case that confused anybody, kind of confused me when I said it. But um, the first thing that we got to do, and this is a similarity to, to, to Judas, is, is that, you know, even Judas in Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5, uh, it says that then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, he repented himself 
and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to, to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. See out of that, it said. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and he departed and went and hanged himself. It's the recognition of wrong. That, that's, that's the thing. Judas, even Judas recognized that what he did was wrong. And it's easy for us to see that the things that we're doing are wrong, right? It's easy to recognize, hey, I know right from wrong. I know the difference now. When I was a young kid, maybe I didn't know the difference, but as I grew up, I began and, and I learned that there is right and there is wrong and what the difference between those two are. And when we do wrong, we have to have a recognition of that wrong because the recognition of wrong is supposed to lead us into something different. It's supposed to lead us into doing something about it. For Judas, he recognized that he had done wrong. He realized his betrayal. He realized that he had taken this man that had been so good to him and, and wanted nothing but good for him, even knowing, because the Bible tells us that Jesus knew, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him from the beginning, and still he loved on him. You know, he knew, he knew that Judas was going to do this in the end, and still he kept him with him for three and a half years. How many of y'all, if you knew... <laughs> that somebody was going to turn on you, how many of you would keep them right beside you the whole time? You know, if you knew that they were going to do you completely dirty in the end, how many of you could love on them completely, unconditionally? You know, I, I don't know that, that, that I could. Maybe now, but in my past, I know I couldn't. But Jesus did this. And in that, Judas finally recognizes what he's done, who it is that he's betrayed. This man that never did anything wrong to him and he betrayed him, he handed him over. You know, and, and maybe he thought he was just handing him over, you know, for them just to question him and, and let him go. You know, maybe he really didn't understand the complete consequences of what was going to happen, the, the, everything, and he began to see how they were treating Jesus and what he was doing and maybe he began to, to feel bad about it. The Bible says right there in, in verse three that he repented himself but as I was studying this you know I began to, to study that word because I was like you know I know what repent means repent means to turn away from something right and, and I started thinking man you know did Judas really turn away from this did he really allow this to change him and and or was it just because that word also means regret was it just that he regretted what he did because I know that I did a lot of things uh, in my addiction and, and in all the years that I was lost that I regretted. You know, I regretted doing them later. I, 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 you know, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But it didn't change me. I kept doing what I was doing. I kept doing dope. I kept taking pills. I kept smoking. I kept doing all these things, that, that sinful lifestyle. I just stayed in it. You know, I regretted it at times, but it did not change me. You know, so the recognition of wrong it's a good thing. We need to recognize wrong. But for Judas, it's not, I mean, he recognized that he was wrong, but what does it lead? It doesn't lead to him to, to run to the cross. It doesn't lead him to, to change him. Like he went and hung himself. That's, that's not what we need to do when we recognize that we're wrong. I'm not saying recognize you're wrong, go hang yourself from a tree. No, don't do that. If anybody, if, I promise I'm not saying that, okay? Nobody here, go hang yourself from a tree. 
We're not recognizing wrong for that. But the next thing that, we, we, that I want to show you because of this, because what the recognition of wrong does, it should lead you to do something about it, right? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9 through uh, 11, we, we see godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. That's, that's what it's talking about here. It says, Paul, this is Paul talking. He says, now rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. Now, this is not regret, this is repentance. This is turning away from. This is changing your life because of something. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, this selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. In all things ye have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Hey, leave it right there. The rest of the time I'm talking about these things. Godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. That's, that's what recognition of wrong is going to lead you in one of the two things, right? For, for, for Judas, I'm thinking that it was a worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is when you're sorry because you got caught, right? Worldly sorrow is when you're sorry because you're, you're scared of what people are going to say about you or what people are going to think about you. Worldly sorrow is when you, you, you're, you're sorry because of the consequences that you're going to end up reaping because of the thing that you've done. Worldly sorrow never leads you to change. Worldly sorrow says you're good just like you are. Just don't get caught doing it again. Been there. Been that guy. You know, I, I, I'm the, the one where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that, but it was, I'm sorry because, I mean, you know, I'm going to go to jail now, you know, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry because I'm going to lose a friend over this, or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry because, I, you know, uh, I lost a relationship because of it, or, you know, I, I, I'm sorry because now people are going to look at me differently. You know, I, I'm sorry because now, you know, I've got a, a label on me of a, dopehead or, or loser or whatever. You know, it's not that I'm sorry and I'm going to change because I'm sorry. It's just I'm sorry that I got caught. And maybe that's what's going on with Judas. I know it said that he repented of, but he didn't change because of that repentance, you know, because of that. I think it's more of a regret thing. It's more of a thing where, you know, I, I feel bad. People are going to talk about me. People are going to look at me differently. I got to get out of here. You know, I, I, I'm not going to get myself in this situation. And so that's, that's recognition of wrong can lead you into that. But we need recognition of wrong to lead us into this, into the godly sorrow, the sorrow where it's, it's not I'm sorry that I got caught. It's sorry that I'm not living my life for Jesus Christ. You know, it's sorry that I'm doing things that are against him. It's sorry that I'm doing things that, that, that make... Uh, uh, my testimony not be as powerful as it could be. It's I'm sorry because of all of these things. Godly sorrow is sorrow that brings repentance. It's sorrow that makes you turn away from the, the action, the, the, the behavior, the lifestyle that you're living. It makes you say, I'm no longer going to live this way. Now I'm going to be like this right here. I'm going to be, I'm going to follow Jesus 100%. I'm going to be at church and I'm going to be 100% into church. I'm going to wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly, not part of my heart. I'm going to wholeheartedly follow Jesus every single moment of every single day. I'm going to give him everything about my life. Not just the thing that I got caught in. It's not just that. It's not just that area anymore. 
I'm going to give him all of my life because I want Jesus to be everything to me. Because he can be. You know, and, and when you have that kind of godly sorrow, the reason I wanted to stay right here is because of what godly sorrow ignites in you. For Judas, man, the similarities that we had to him, they've got to end right here. This is where they stop. This is where the similarities are cut off. It's where we get off of that way and get onto the way. It's where we stop living in this worldliness and this worldly lifestyle that we've always lived. And we get into this godliness. We begin to follow Jesus, not just fans of Jesus, but followers of Jesus, where we're in the game with him. We're doing everything that he's asking us to do, living like he lives, loving like he loves, being like he is. That's what godly sorrow is. It's recognition of wrong that leads me to repentance that changes everything about me and that ignites something within me that doesn't say I'm wrong and because I'm wrong, I'm going to go do something to myself and I'm just going to get myself out of the picture. It's wrong. It says I'm going to change some things about me that are going to change some things about the atmosphere of the world that I'm in. Right? It ignites something in me. It ignites an indignation. It ignites a clearing of yourselves. It ignites a carefulness. It ignites a vehement desire. It ignites a zeal. It ignites a, a revenge. A revenge against the wrong that you've done. I, I'm living in revenge today, guys. I'm living in revenge against the lifestyle that I once lived. No longer do I live as a drug addict in that lifestyle. I'm living to set people free from that lifestyle. Right? I'm taking revenge against the, the addictive lifestyle that I once lived. I'm taking revenge against the sin that once was so prevalent in my life. I've got a, a vehement desire in me to make right the wrongs that I once did. That's where the, the similarities have become differences now. I'm no longer Judas. I'm no longer, I, I don't want to be uh, put in that same category. I don't want to be uh, even, you know, thought about when you speak about Judas. I want to be thought about when you speak about Jesus. I want this zeal to shine through. I want this vehement desire to be seen. I want this revenge to be heard when I speak so that people recognize I'm not on that way anymore. He's on the way. That's the way I want to be on. Because I traveled that broad road, you know, wide is the gate and broad is the, the path that leads to destruction and many there are upon it. But narrow is the gate. And narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting and few you will find there on it. You got to get off of that way and get on to the way. The way that you do that is you learn from your mistakes. You learn from Judas's life. You say, I'm no longer going to be classified in that group of people. Today I am a new creation. Uh, behold, all the bad things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm no longer what I once was. There is something different about me today, and it's that Jesus Christ lives inside of me today. It's that I'm walking around today as a living, breathing testimony of what the God of salvation can do. Right? That's, that's the lifestyle that this has to lead to. That's what we can learn from Judas is that we don't have to stay the way that we've always been. That's, that's one thing I want to tell you right now. You don't have to be who you've always been. You can be different. You can be changed. You can be made new. You can make a difference 
in this world for the kingdom of God. You can go from betrayer to betrothed. That's what we're doing right now. That's, that's, that's what this is all about. It's about changing the life that we've lived, living a whole new lifestyle, becoming a whole new person. 2 Corinthians 11, 2, this is what Paul's telling. He's telling the, 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 the church at Corinth. He's saying, I'm telling you all of these things. Everything that I've told you is for one reason. I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused, right there, this means I have betrothed you to one husband, that husband being Jesus Christ, that I may present you as a chaste virgin, a perfect offering, a perfect spotless bride to Jesus Christ. And you say, how can that be? How can that be? I was a betrayer. I lived as a betrayer for 35 years. I, I lived as a betrayer for however long. I, I, I've been the betrayer. I've been the Judas. How can you offer me now as a spotless bride, as a betrothed, chaste virgin bride to Jesus Christ. And the only reason is because of Jesus Christ, right? The blood of Jesus Christ, that blood that washes away that sin. It, may, it takes that crimson stain and makes it white as snow, right? That's the only thing that we can do. The past that you've lived cannot compare with the future that you have. That's what you need to know in this moment. The past that you've lived cannot compare with the future that you have. The future that you have in Jesus Christ. The Lord tells us that when he forgives our sins, he forgets our sins. He forgives us as far as the east is from the west. Cast our sins into a sea of forgetfulness, never to bring them up again, right? He's, he's forgiven us. Uh, you know, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are covered today in the righteousness, not of our own making. It's not a righteousness because of me. It's not a righteousness because of you. It's a righteousness because of him. He sent his one and only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Right? That's what this is right now. Become for going from betrayal to betrothed. It's accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Recognizing what he did on the cross for you. Recognizing that when he walked out of that grave three days later into newness of life, that he's risen you into the same newness of life. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power that lives in you today. It's the same power that allows you to get off of that way and to walk the way. To walk the way every single moment of every single day for the rest of your life. No longer do you have to walk out of these doors and be a betrayer. You're betrothed. You can walk out of these doors and live a life that looks like Jesus, that, that loves like Jesus, that sounds like Jesus, that shows people who Jesus is. That's the best thing that we can do for this world today is let them see what saved looks like. By going out there and living a life Recognizing that my repentant life is leading to my eternal reward. The reward that I have as the bride of Christ. A life spent worshiping him to the end of my days. Not just the end of my days on this earth, but the end of time itself. Worshiping Jesus. Loving Jesus. Being like Jesus. Living like Jesus. That's what it's all about. Stop being like Judas and start being like Jesus. Get off of that way and get on to this way. 